He cheated the system. He cheated the system. That's like a that's like a Gordian knot sort of solution <laughs> to things. So like, no one's ever untied this knot. It's impossible. And Alexander Great was just like, I'm gonna cut it in half. And they're like, Well, I guess you kind of did it, but yeah. not. That's cheap. And no one's stupid. Gotten eternal life. And she's like, What if I just what if made I a just new get- body? <laughs> <laughs> All right, old man. Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. <laughs> and this time, we're reviewing <laughs> the freaking three-episode premiere of season three. I How are we feeling? I didn't think it was going to be three episodes. Three episodes did um, surprise me a little bit. I found out from my coworkers, and it was a surprise, but I, hey. I will say I, I preferred three shorter episodes yeah, than um, how long was the pilot episode of this Se- show? 75 minutes. <laughs> so long. And we, we watched that bitch 800 times, yeah. which too, it's, too it's still times. very good, but um, yeah, I won't be watching that one anytime soon. I don't think so. Again. No, but these were really, really good. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, uh, but hot damn. Hot damn indeed. <laughs> I I was nervous about three episodes. I was nervous about recording for three episodes because I feel like, I mean, it's usually two that they give us at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like pleasantly surprised at like how these episodes like worked together, even though they were definitely separate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like they felt like a unit enough. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it was a little bit you kind of had to have at least the two i am a surprise they gave us a third one but like yeah because the first episode did not have any it was only omega and crosshair at tantis it wasn't um so like i'm glad they gave us the next episode but like again they were like unrelated in that one thing didn't lead directly into the next yeah. thing like the information we're learning in the second episode we kind of already learned but it was interesting to get to see Hunter and Wrecker learn that information or like start stumbling upon certain things about the Empire that we kind of already knew from the first episode. Yeah. I think they did that in, in a yeah. good way. I think it also I'm not, it's now occurring to me that like the three episodes is kind of doing what they have done historically, which is like they're giving us all of the episodes it takes to get to like the inciting yeah. incident of the season which like in the pilot i mean that's i think why it was so fucking long, so long yeah. is because the end of that episode is like okay now we're finally leaving camino and like this i mean which i much prefer like you said three episodes that are shorter than one huge fucking episode they were incredibly well paced as well not not that the pilot episode wasn't but it, it, i think it is harder to pace a longer yeah absolutely thing it, it yeah it, it's nice to have i don't know so i guess that was sort of the observation i made now right now with these three episodes where it's like it, it definitely feels like the third episode obviously because it's it's crosshair and omega like escaping yeah it's kind of getting us to the point where like okay now we can move forward with the it season. was like episode one and three were like piggybacked off of the, number yes. three was kind of like the continuation of number one but i i like that that they were like well here's what hunter and wrecker have been up to and you know yeah i appreciate that they included it instead of just it being a a two episode and it's only omega yeah i also this is an interesting thought the fact that usually in this show we would get split povs per episodes and this is split po or excuse me like meaning within one episode we would have multiple 
perspectives yes right the batch and like crosshair or whatever the bad guy mm-hmm. and then this is instead of being in one episode it's split between episodes mm-hmm. i think i kind of like that at mm-hmm. least at this point i'm i'm a little bit more intrigued by having entire episodes dedicated to characters so we can like sit with them and learn more about them yeah but because i feel like it was just such a shocker that like i mean it, w- it was a great cliffhanger in the last season the way it ended with like oh god omega's got god um yeah so i really appreciated seeing like a like a long view of like what her life has been like so far and obviously like that time jump was kind of crazy yeah i also wanted to pose a question mm-hmm. uh because i'm looking at her outline coming off of season two mm-hmm. what were your like vibes going into this like what did i think season three was going to be yeah <sighs> i mean i feel like it was unavoidable to have to talk about what the fuck hemlock is up to and i guess a little more about his character i mean obviously you know he's like kind of crazy yeah like a crazy shitbag man yeah and then obviously like omega is important so i was like obviously now that she's in the clutches of the empire we're gonna figure out what was so important about her beyond her being like the genetic material for you know the clones which is why nala say i guess or what what it was led us to believe in season one that um why omega was important yeah that made no sense i got you (laughs) i got you it I haven't done this in a while. I know. It's hard. It's not like riding a bike. <laughs> <laughs> We're, the, the layers of why Omega is important have been deepening. Yeah. And so, like, I, I mean, that was unavoidable. I thought, obviously, we were going to get to that. But I feel like I kind of knew that they were obviously fucking around with, like, midichlorian count and trying yeah. to, like... Ma- At this point, what I think is happening is they're trying to artificially create force users. Yeah. Um, Or, as we maybe uh, thought... They're trying to juice Sheev up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> trying to roid up Sheev. Yeah, Sheev requested too... some special uh, midichlorian ro- roids. I don't know. He He's he wants to little, live forever. A little raisin. So, yeah. The problem is we kind of know he does is the problem. Well, and yeah. And by live forever, I mean, I guess he clones himself. <laughs> He cheated the system. He cheated the system. That's like a that's like a Gordian knot sort of solution <laughs> to things. So like, no one's ever untied this knot. It's impossible. And Alexander Great was just like, I'm gonna cut it in half. And they're like, Well, I guess you kind of did it, but yeah. not. That's cheap. And no one's stupid. Eternal life. And she's like, What if I just what if made I a just new get- body? <laughs> all right old man okay yeah yeah no i think it's interesting because i feel like i mean largely the last season we were like "Mm, let's say like mid to disappointed vibes wise so i was nervous going into this i am actually really surprised that um it it was as i feel like we 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 got back to like the original quality which was so fucking out of this world good yeah i think yeah no i like even i mean we were talking about this earlier but like even the beginning of season two i think was stronger obviously than the rest of the season but don't get me wrong there were good episodes there were good episodes in season two obviously but i think like even the start of season two wasn't as strong as this was yeah i obviously because we have set up like it's we've talked about this before but like middle transitional things are really hard very difficult so i get why maybe it was like you know we're establishing new plot lines in season two we're trying to you know like get from the beginning to the end i i was gonna say i feel like it really kind of is stronger because there is a specific they're kind of allowed to show their cards now yeah a little more like they're a little they're allowed to cash in a lot of the stuff they were building up season two is a lot of a lot of the build-up um which i feel like 
wasn't cashed in the way that it should have been. But anyway, uh, no, I think they're allowed to, they're letting themselves do that now. Yeah. And oh boy, is it is cashing yeah, in. Yeah, no, like, we're, we're definitely like reaping the rewards of having these characters around, which, yeah. is, which is great and what you want and what you look forward to in a show. Um, We can use that to sort of transition into talking about our favorite bits in this first episode, which is called Confined. Uh, spe- Speaking of character uh, cashing in characters and whatnot, um, we get to see uh, Omega and Crosshair like interact a little more, which like obviously... We kind of knew it was going to happen, but I really appreciate how they did this. I think that their their characters are still really consistent. Like we we see them going through some difficult times, and like uh, obviously Omega's kind of in prison. <laughs> like that's the vibe. I I know technically she's not really in prison, but she is. You know, she's definitely yeah being held here against her will. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I I love how we've kind of seen Crosshair become quote unquote good now, but I like that he doesn't lose any of his, <laughs> any of his mean spark. Yeah, his assholery. Like he's still Crosshair. I, I feel like the, one of the biggest yeah. pet peeves I have with characters who like have a, a positive arc from being like kind of bad or like shitty to like really good is that like, they'll often become very different people than, yeah. than the characters that they were. Are we going to talk about, the Maximilian DeSoto. Yeah, I was going to say that was what I was going to bring up. Um, no, I mean, I love that character, but like he just like you can't do drugs one time and then be like a completely different person. I love the lack of context we gave to that. This is a companion in Outer Worlds. Yeah, the yeah, video yeah. Game. If you're not familiar, it's a companion in Outer Worlds. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't like that character arc either. We were watching something recently where I feel like that was also kind of the the arc was like, oh, they just become like the same character but like on xanax like they just become yeah, well, really oh, chilled out it was ahsoka oh was it <laughs> and it's yeah because she like she escapes a, a, a yeah she escapes death like one time <laughs> and she's just like uh my old me my mm, old life life i'm gonna make a joke now yeah and but she's still and david Tennant is just like Haha, you seem different and i'm like <laughs> she's just sort of like blissed out a little bit yeah she, a little like, bit she like got a prescription for yeah for Xanax or yeah. something. She had some weed. Like <laughs> yeah, it's not. It feels I think a little. I mean, obviously lazy to me, just because it doesn't it doesn't feel consistent like that. It doesn't feel like it's the same. Well, because that's not anymore. real. Like yeah, because that doesn't happen. Again, people don't do drugs or like I don't know. Th- their perspectives can be changed on things, but like you're still wrestling with stuff. And in in Max in Max's case in the outer worlds, like he's basically like dismantling his own belief system. And, like, he kind of has a, a, a shift in perspective when he does go on his drug trip. <laughs> but, like, again, it's not just, like, oh, I've shifted perspectives. I completely understand and agree with everything now. Like, it's it's hard to let go of the way that you thought and saw the world beforehand, which is what is so good about those character arcs. You get to see that and, like, have it unfold. Like, there was no struggle in that. Yeah. It was really like that. So, I not that um, Crosshair is kind of in the same boat, but, no. like... I think he could have been like he could have been the like yeah. blissed out having a good time <laughs> well, dude. I, I guess mean, not I, in the current situation, but well, like I in, guess what I mean by that is that like he's still in a sad situation. So yeah. like I understand. Like I I'm <laughs> expecting him to be upset about where he is in life. But like, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if he was like so good with his place and like he's like finally, but like I don't have to work. <laughs> He just hated work. Yeah, he's he just was... like, I get three square meals a day and a bed and I'm fine. No. And there's low lighting. <laughs> yeah. No one's yelling. No one at turns me. on any lights in here and I love it. No. Um 
like he you can tell that he is becoming a lot more selfless or he has gone through a transition where he has decided to be more selfless because you know omega is constantly like we're gonna get out of here like i'm we're gonna escape and and he's basically like it doesn't i don't fucking matter just go and then he pulls that whole like if it were me and i i wouldn't like give a shit like i wouldn't care if i yeah if i had a chance to escape i wouldn't come back for you or like i wouldn't think about you and she's just like but i love that she was basically like <laughs> i call bullshit on that <laughs> like because he's basically it's so obvious he's trying to like push her away so it's less painful for him and like basically trying to save her the trouble or like prevent her from being in a situation where she puts herself in danger to yeah, help exactly. him exactly because he's kind of decided that he deserves this yeah and like he doesn't really matter. Um, he has really like relinquished himself to like this kind of like sad life. Yeah. Okay. If it means he can help Omega like yeah. escape. I also, and by help, I, I mean, mean just sort of like spur her on to yeah. live her life. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that like, I mean, we were talking about this earlier where like, again, he is the same crosshair like in the season one finale, right? Yeah. Tech says that whole line about how he's like severe and unyielding mm-hmm. and like he still is that. He still is that. He's just that way for, I don't know, for the good of another person. Yeah, which it really drives home that like, I mean, there was that whole thing where uh, it, when he when Tech says that, crosshair's like oh why are you defending me or like you know and it could be construed as like him being a little bit uh, mean to crosshair but like to be severe and to be unyielding are not inherently negative things um they can be but like you know those things turned to good can be uh really helpful traits especially when trying to accomplish a goal yeah but you can tell he's changed he's a different not a different person but he's changed his perspective his his perspective change has is very evident. Yeah. And again, like, I love that oh, all it took in the last season was one fucking episode. We did not have a lot of crosshair in the last no. season. Yeah, but, like, too. what we did was, like, extremely quality. <laughs> it was extremely quality because I feel like season one did so much. And then, like, the finale to season one was so strong in setting up his character as, like, I mean, obviously he's going to start questioning the Empire. Of yeah. course he is. Uh, to piggyback off of that, do you want to talk about how... The, like let's talk about the uh the the pacing and the rhythm of yeah, this first episode yeah this episode i mean we kind of just briefly mentioned it we recently rewatched ahsoka and mm-hmm. that you know i feel like now i'm just thinking about pacing in terms episode of- incoming so don't worry about that yeah just we're gonna talk so much about that so 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 much but now in my brain i'm just thinking about pacing a lot more i mean mm-hmm. i always do but like i think this episode i've heard people talk about how it's like kind of slow like these first three episodes are kind of slow but i really really like the way that they use that to kind of set up the monotony of it all exactly like it's really good because it's used purposefully obviously Mm -hmm. like it's a story it's crafted we want things to be purposeful but like i mean truly like everyone's stuck in fucking prison right and it's like i I, we get to see like obviously it becomes a setup for the third episode but it's like these cyclical things that just keep happening and like time passing and like i'm just such a sucker for like how do we show the passage of time and the and changing of people yeah i that time jump that happened in in the like in the first episode where she's like it's been i think should be counted like 21 days when the episode starts and she's been in here so she still has that kind of like i'm gonna get out of here and like not that she ever really loses it but like she's a little more like obstinate and like i don't you know upset with the people that have her here um and then there's that fucking time jump where it's been six months now or close to it. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, that really floored me. I feel like that was a big punch in the gut of I, like, because you, you're like, yeah, they're going to come get her and like, yeah. it's not going to be that long. And yeah. then it's like, and then six months has passed. I like to the, uh, 
I don't know that whole like beginning every scene with her uh in her um like cell basically with that sink dripping oh my god I love that it's so good because like and not only are the like you know tallies on the wall a sense of time is passing but like every time we the sink kind of evokes like very much like a ticking clock a little bit yeah. but it's very like dry and irregular and, and like, monotonous monotonous yeah. and then obviously in the third episode we have that that centrifuge that really does feel like we are counting down and once we get to zero it's going to be fucking bad yeah uh i love it, that was it, so creative it, i i'm I've, so I'm flabbergasted. So fla- I want to know whose idea that was, yeah. and like, because that was Give so a big kiss on the forehead. Like that was so <laughs> amazing. I I think too. Interestingly, like if we're talking about the the visuals that we used to have like set up the pacing, right? Mm-hmm. The fact of like we have a dripping sink, which is like a rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. But it's slow and it's boring and it mm-hmm. fucking sucks and like i think at some point and it's re- repetitive as yeah, hell i made a comment of like i if this was my room and i had a drippy sink yeah. for six months i would fucking kill myself like mm-hmm. i just like mm-hmm. i could not stand that right yeah. and it's like so it feels like such an insult to injury too like and it just i don't know it's such a um and there's like nothing you can do about it no like, it's just you're just stuck there yeah versus like the the centrifuge is very like we've set things into motion exactly it is yeah i think because it's not like in a way, it's not counting up. You're not, like, counting yeah. how long it's been. You're counting down. So it's, like, because... There is a destination. And you're, like, yeah. going down a hill, yeah. right? I, I love that. And I love... I think... I also was really interesting because in the first episode, obviously, we get introduced to the concept of, like, the blood samples in the centrifuge and the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, Nala is trashing Omegas, right? Yeah. Because she's, like, it'll be bad. Um, I like that we kind of get, like, in that first episode, it's, like, weirdly you're like lingering on it and you're like well obviously this is like important yeah i feel like at first i was like presumably it's the information that we're going to get from this machine that is important Mm -hmm. which it is Mm -hmm. but i like that as it goes on like obviously in the third episode it becomes our timekeeper and like we've said this like 500 times already we're like the first part of us recording this episode but it's so good and i love that we keep cutting back to it and like just also cyclical motifs i think yeah. in the first episode because we're kind of establishing like the monotony of it all mm-hmm. there's a shot that they do over and over and over again that's from the ceiling it's like a top down of like some work area and you mm-hmm. can see people like moving in these cycl- cyclical mm-hmm. motions like the same every single time and it's kind yeah. of like this weird horrible boring dance yeah and like the fact that they always pass each other in the hallway and it's the same guys and they all look yeah. exactly the same and like people are always doing the exact same things and it's always kind of like rotating around each other but never really intersecting the circle motif is so it's good and it's so subtle yeah. but like it's very and it's i don't know i think it speaks a lot to like the efficientness and the um general nature of the empire too but in the same way that I don't know. There, I guess what I'm saying is there's layers to that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm interested to see if they take that. Because um, it's an incredibly abstract thing. Mm-hmm. I think that you really don't see these kinds of motifs in like a lot of other all-ages shows or a lot of other like children's shows. By the way, this these three episodes felt incredibly mature yeah. for being like an all-ages or like a generally like marketed towards children show. Like really heavy I don't know. We're dealing with really heavy themes and we're dealing with them in an incredibly like, like it's, it's a little scary. Like it's a little bit, I can see that like maybe younger kids would probably find this kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, Like I, 
I think it's still they still have like the lightheartedness of it like in I would say the fact that they're like creatures I like that that's like the funniest part of this that I can find is like that they're that they're scary scary silly little creatures yeah Yeah. um there's a dog um (laughs) I I feel like yeah it is actually like incredibly mature in a way or just like kind of grown-up content especially like going through these episodes and like starting to realize the kind of like seriousness of yeah. what's going on i mean we don't really know everything and at the end of the day it's still gonna be fucking sheev palpatine the raisin man doing <laughs> like pulling all these strings but yeah but like really the orbits that we found ourselves in is like like i mean we'll talk about this in a little bit but like just like emotional manipulation that's happening yeah and like the seriousness of like I mean, like, there's people in prison who are being experimented on. There's, like, people who have, like, lost loved ones. Yeah. Like, I, like it's terrible. Like, being left behind is a I, whole thing in this. That, too, yeah. I was especially floored with, um, in the first episode when Omega goes to uh, release her new dog friend, Batcher, because she's going to be terminated. And Hemlock sees her do that and is just, like, basically takes the time to try to psychologically break her. Yeah. And by saying that essentially no matter how good your intentions are or no matter how good you think you are doing, your actions will always have unintended consequences or like, you know, yeah. so just give up now. Yeah. Um, like I- that was weirdly salient for like, I feel like a lot of the time Star Wars villains or like just shows that are marketed more towards kids and the villains are very like theatrical theatrical and dramatic and like i'm cold and calculating but like we never really see them be like like he was mean (laughs) yeah like i i think that's interesting too on the point of his character because it's like I think a huge critique of ours last season was that what we got of this guy was mm-hmm. that he was kind of theatrical and like a little like ooky spooky. Like he didn't really feel yeah. like a, a villain with a lot of like that was like very fleshed out. And then we immediately in, in this episode get a lot of him being like honestly kind of conniving and horrible and manipulative in a very real way. Like to compare him with Rampart, I think Rampart was way more like he was cold and calculating, but he wasn't like it didn't seem like he took pleasure in being cruel it was just sort of like a hazard of the job yeah. to get what he wants yeah hemlock feels like he will just be a whole bitch to anybody he and seems like he, he kind of likes it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i think like that's kind of the crazy shitty part is that like he just seems like someone who sucks and loves it because this whole base Never. too with like the the repetitive like I don't know. It's so, so sad. I mean, yeah. visually, and then also, like, she's walking by these, like, clones every day who look, like, disoriented and, like, just not good. Yeah. Like, it is bonkers sad in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, I think he probably, he, it's not even that he just doesn't even give a shit about it. It's like, he's just like, yeah, this is, like, I think these people should be like this. Yeah. They're bad. And Which- I don't like them. And they're, their purpose is to suffer, basically. Yeah. And it's crazy that in the third episode, right, when he's, you know, uh, tatawing Sheev away back onto his <laughs> ship, he's like, if you give me a promotion, yeah, daddy, um, <laughs> uh, then I'll bring glory to, like, all of the parts of, like, the fucking yeah. empire or whatever. I'm like, the just hugest red flag is, like, we are, like, we need to accept our, like, glory, Whereas, it's very Nazi, obviously. Oh, it's very Nazi, yeah. Which, you know, they're space Nazis, so. Yeah. So it's like. Tracks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to contrast that with Rampart, I think a lot of what he, he, he was like Crosshair in that he's like, this is the best way to survive. And, like, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to do it 
yeah, well, for my sake. He was a real ladder climber, that guy. But like in a selfish way for like his yeah. success and yeah. for his survival. Because yeah. I think that was a big theme in season one where like, oh God, what are we doing? How are we going to live? Yeah. Like, you know, the Empire is basically putting us in a weird spot all around. So he was just echoing that that theme of survival. Whereas I think we're talking more about thriving now and we're talking yeah. more about we are inching closer to like rex and echo joining up with any some kind of resistance or like i mean we know we're going down that path obviously but like yeah he's he's definitely i think grown more interesting to me yeah and it's amazing that that happened in one episode effectively uh, like yeah one or two eps yeah that's it's i went from like i fucking hate this guy where's where's rampart (laughs) to being like oh okay again i wasn't upset that they got rid of rampart just because they got like just to get rid of him but like i I don't feel like the transition from of villains was very good no i recognize that they're probably going to have to change uh villains or change theme in that way so like that makes sense but i just don't think there was enough build up for that yeah i think like my main critique of that was like a i liked rampart a lot because i i liked the what he was doing but Also, it kind of felt like, and this is not to like shit on writers or anything like that, obviously, but like it it felt a little like, you know, when we used to do like, you know, like two camera sitcom type of like production, Uh like, you know, that would run daily and you would shoot it like, you know, like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It feels kind of like, oh no, one of our, something happened to one of our actors. Like they can't be in the show anymore. So we're going to do like a. Uh, the first five minutes, like a write them out in the script. That's yeah. like a little, you know, like it's just we had yeah. to do it. Jerry's at soccer practice all day today. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, oh no, he broke his arm. Anyway, yeah. um, it felt a little like that with Rampart. I think where it just it, it felt like he had been written out instead of transitioned out, which yes, is like exactly. kind of was suspicious to me. And I think that's why I'm still like, I wonder if he's gonna come back because it's like it was just kind of fishy to me i i mean i would like him to come back i don't know I, if he at is. this point i don't feel like the potentiality is strong yeah um, we get a charles spinoff that's just like him <laughs> doing prison cell block tango <laughs> <laughs> he would uh, love it um he would love sh- the movie chicago <laughs> He feels like he would not love it and then begrudgingly like it. No, I think he would like it. He'd be like, yeah, Roxy deserves to be free. <laughs> so what? She He's killed like, a man. He's like, murder is legal. She did what she, she survived, okay? Yeah. In the a- mean <laughs> streets of Chicago. Of Chicago. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're going to see where that happens. I don't think it's going to happen, but. No. Would I like it? Sure. Like, simultaneously, this has nothing to do with the first three episodes, <laughs> It wouldn't be an us podcast if we didn't wander <laughs> elsewhere. Simultaneously, I really like how he was really just cut cut short, basically. Yeah. Um, because like that, you know, that's what Empire do. Yeah. He happened to be the most, uh, the best scapegoat for them. Yeah. Um, and they took that chance and they were never not going to take that chance. Yeah. I, I guess like all that to say, I wish it was maybe built up more. Yeah. I wish that um, that was something that like Crosshair was a little more involved in because I think that would have played to his defection yes a little bit yes. later uh, which, i just yeah in general have some you know issues with the season two some stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah. happened but anyway anyway back to season three back to this the topic of the yeah. podcast yeah i can i talk about the data pads in the first episode yes you can talk um, about the data pads <laughs> data pads my beloved yeah uh, i mean we had dump dump truck <laughs> tow truck my <laughs> beloved so i 
I I have so much to say about these. I think that they, at first I was like, oh, that's an interesting way to do the data pad thing. I wonder why they did that. They did that. And then I was like, oh, I see. First of all, it's like way more secure. And as we know, Mount Tantus, at Mount Tantus, security is paramount. <laughs> that's um, what they say in their like HR introduction yeah. video. <laughs> they have like a, yeah, they have a video. Their, um, their security training, their cyber training. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> I would hate that. It's yeah, like, it don't click bad. on any suspicious emails. <laughs> I, I really like how it felt so organic the way we were introduced to them because we just got to watch Omega and Emery and like Nala say, like basically using this technology, but it didn't feel like, pay attention to this data pad. It wasn't like... Yeah, I was like, wow, do you see how the data pads, you have to click them out? Yeah, I mean, and when you think about it, it, it is much more secure to have to like plug something physical in rather than just like, I don't know, there's buttons everywhere previously. Yeah. Um, thirdly, obviously, they have been trying to bridge the gap between the prequel movies where everything is very like 1990s, early 2000s sci-fi, which is very like sleek. sleek. And, <laughs> yeah, very, uh, you know... N- I don't know any other synonyms for the word sleek. I think it's really like modern in the sense that we thought modernism was. Basically like the higher the like quality of it or like the more advanced it is, the less you as a person are going to have to do physically or like it's not mechanical. It's very it's like clean and you digital. think about it and you just swipe your hand and like yeah. or just press a button. And like, like we had to bridge the gap between that and obviously the original trilogy, which we're heading towards, um, is very mechanical. It's very like dirty space garbage <laughs> sort want, of sci-fi, which is so good. space garbage on a hat, I think. <laughs> but I think the way that this show has ex- basically expressed that like a lot of that is because the galaxy becomes very poor in a way. Yeah. Um, like they're not using the technologies that they had. They're, yeah, they're just scrapping them, which we've seen earlier them. in the show. And then obviously for this reason, it's security. But like, I like that it feels a lot more mechanical. Yeah. And you yeah. get those really good, like, uh, like sound design, sound effects with it. And I like yeah. that, like, I mean, they get introduced in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I, I like that the things that get introduced in episode one that come back in episode three that you didn't think were going to be a thing. Yeah. Like really like the centrifuge being such a pivotal part of mm-hmm. the third episode, but also just like the fact that like, yeah, the data pads and putting them into the little slots and pushing the buttons and whatever. It just felt like a, a, a thing we added to the shots in the first episode to like kind of fill out what we were doing. And I really like that they became... Like, it made sense why we were seeing so much of that. Because previously, I mean, if the data pads weren't such a pivotal part of the security at Mount Tantus, I think, like, escape would be a little bit easier. And so there would be the question of, like, why it, why wouldn't they just take any opportunity they could to, like, for Omega to get Crosshair out, like, yeah. by pushing just whatever buttons or programming or, or whatever. Or, like, shooting the Or shooting door the door. Thing. Like, God, yeah. fuck, Yeah. Um, that apparently both opens and closes doors. It seems like for security reasons, once if that panel breaks, that they should just open. open. Anyway, like we're a not gonna, fire hazard. Yeah, thing? yeah. We're not going to talk about that, but <laughs> <laughs> not on today's podcast. But like, it seemed it basically gave like a really good plot reason or like a world building reason that like why escape was so difficult and like why they needed this special set of circumstances to line up for Nala say to let. Omega use be like use my data pad to leave yeah because otherwise I think it, it it would just be like well why didn't you do this earlier or like what what changed about now that like yeah you can it's escape. like you previously did not have even access to essentially like a key 
Like, yeah, I, I think like previously in other shows, like in Rebels, I know they do this when they're like infiltrating Empire shit where they'll take those little, you know, tube things yeah. that look like pens that they keep in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Like those are like their, you know, whatever identification. It's mm-hmm. also like a key card or whatever, but they can just take those. Yeah. I think this was a little bit more interesting because it was like an iPad. It was like a, you know, something they used to work, but also the key. So it's not something that like you could just steal off someone and they would not notice it was gone. Exactly. Like it's kind of required. And so it becomes like a more precious item. Exactly. And so I think that's, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Kind of like becomes like now it's an availability. It wasn't before. Like, and it's such a little pet peeve for me, but when like things feel really plot conveniency or like yeah. why didn't you do this or like why couldn't you have done this like which i understand it's not always avoidable but god that was such a smart decision yeah like i don't know it had layers and it was good <laughs> yeah and i like i like the way it looks um yeah. it was very good <laughs> do we want to talk about episode two we've kind of been lumping episode yeah, yeah, one yeah. and three together which is fair yeah let's talk about um let's talk about episode two just to give it some some time in the sun here yeah, yeah, yeah even though i think it was kind of the um not like a bad and not a, a transition episode or anything but just like it was it was the kind of not the uh the main course of the three episodes i feel like we're setting i mean obviously we've said this before but any like you know pilot episode or first episode or first three episodes in our case of the, something is to set up you know the rest of the season the themes characters yeah. where we're doing directions i feel like our crew is very segmented yeah um i kind of like that it's two 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 yeah because obviously at the end of season or episode three we see omega and crosshair have escaped hunter and wrecker are getting closer to finding mount tantus and then whatever the fuck (laughs) echo and rex are too they're doing something Uh, yeah you know always busy they're in route yeah i feel because i feel like also like i mean depending on what happens in the next episode like you could have sort of a chase around the galaxy sort of situation this season of where like hunter and wrecker are trying to find omega i mean i am assuming omega will they will contact them but who knows maybe they're like well i don't want to get you know them in danger and there's a whole thing yeah but i think we're i think what we all wanted in season one two was some like maybe standalone episodes with certain characters and i think we're gonna get a lot of that this season i feel like we say that all the time but i it feels very hopeful this time i would be a little disappointed if we came back next episode and we were all together yeah just just at the top of the episode i think that would be yeah I want to see a, you a reuniting. I want to see. Oh, you know, I want that to be milked so, so hard, bad. especially because they haven't seen Crosshair in kind of a while. Yeah, like they've gotten a communication from him. Yeah, they know he's alive. Yeah, but they haven't like seen him. Um, I think legitimately since the first season. Yeah, the uh, because the whole second season finale. he was they didn't he wasn't in the second season very much. He uh, what did, was he in the mid season though I can't remember no oh okay oh Which that's was right. really weird we thought he should be which he should have been that's what I'm sort of Mandela affecting <laughs> in my brain yeah I like I want that I want to milk that a lot I want I was thinking about this I want so bad for someone like you know Hunter Echo whoever to look at Omega and be like you look so much older like yeah you're so grown up now I was thinking about that because like she her character model does go through a transition yeah and she does look older. And I was like, would she really look that much older in six months? Um, probably not. But I also think it's, I mean, her hair is definitely longer. That makes sense. That yeah. tracks. But like you, you made this, uh, this observation that she's kind of lost the baby fat in her mm-hmm. face a little bit. And I'm like, that's also probably due to like whatever they're feeding her. Yeah, like malnutrition. Yeah. Um, chicken nuggets that she eats on every chicken, day. I think just chicken nuggets or little like, dino nuggets. <laughs> they yeah. look like McNuggets. Um, they do. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's interesting because it's like, 
I I mean, kids develop very quickly. They do, but six on... months feels like too short of a time. Yeah, I, she's but I gotten... feel like if you haven't seen a kid in six months, it's like, oh my god, you're yeah, so tall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's like it seems like she's gotten like taller and like kind of like a longer face, mm-hmm. and like the hair growth and stuff too. Which I actually think it's really funny that she keeps her hair like Emery does. Yeah, the weird founding father low pony. Um, <laughs> she's got that vibe, but yeah, yeah I just. Like, I want those really sweet moment reunion moments. And I think, like, I mean, it's a pretty good observation to be, like, it might be that we have episodes where they're, like, ships passing in the night sort of a thing. Like, Honestly, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't hate that either because I feel like that type of thing. I mean, it's it's so frustrating, I think, like, but in a good way. Because at this like, point, we don't have a, if they were all to be back together, which, like, again, it might be, like, shooting ourselves in the foot here. Just being, like, the next episode. Which we classically love yeah. to do. Um, like, they don't have a, it's not, like... Other than them understanding that, like, Omega is in danger, which is, again, they kind of have already understood. Yeah. Um, we, they don't have, like, a... Like, we don't know enough about this Project Necromancer to understand we don't have steps to, like, stop it or, like, no. understand if it's it a big threat yet. Or, like, what are they? what would they be doing? You know, yeah, like, 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 I mean, they don't even really know about it, is the thing. Exactly. But, yeah, no, I like that it seems like our main... I don't... I mean... Based on what we've been given, I don't think they're going to magically find each other immediately. It would be wild if they did. But again, like, and I think that's going to give us some time with Omega and Crosshair, which we haven't gotten since the first season. And that was some really really powerful scenes that we had between the two of them. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just, I really look forward to that and hope that's what happens. Yeah. Um, how the fuck did we get on this? I don't know. We were, we're supposed to be talking about the about second episode, episode. Anyway, let's return to the second episode. Okay. It's a good episode. Guess who comes back? Roland. And we see his mama. And he's, we see his like crazy mom. Yeah. I honestly Who's... wasn't expecting her to have that vibe, but like, I like it. Also, it's Angelica Houston, which yeah. I, uh, fucking wild that yeah, they got yeah. her for this random role yeah. in a Star Wars. In a Star Wars. She's here in the Star Wars. In the Star Wars. Crime uh, mom. I, I like that they brought him back. He feels very, I, it feels very like, oh yeah, you, like, I don't know. I, I like that we're cashing in the like connections that they made in season one. Yeah, I was um, going to say, it was kind of nice that we had... I mean, essentially, that is justifying a bottle episode from the first season, right? Yeah. Because that's the that's infested, right? Mm-hmm. Malfeas. Malfeas. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I like that, like, because the whole point is that they found the pike that cut off uh-huh. Roland's horn. They throw the horn back. I love that like, they give him back his horn. That's so fun. He can glue it back on um, <laughs> the wrong direction. I think maybe. he looks cool. With I the, do, too. <laughs> the wrong direction. <laughs> He's got one going this way, one going that way. He glues um, it. He just glues it on wrong. He's he like, just oh, doesn't fuck. look in a mirror. Yeah, it's super glue. <laughs> no, I, I liked, yeah, I liked that that was a justification of, like, having that episode. And then that's how they get the I guess that's a justification and more that, like, I guess a connection. this was the cashing in of, yeah. like, because all of season one and the the people who complained about oh there's too many bottle episodes like i this is what we said that they were doing they're ma- they're networking essentially <laughs> like mm, they're the space they're making networking. connections like it would it hit so much harder because we're like oh yeah we know that guy and like we, he talked about his mom and there she is like <laughs> wow look wow. at her <laughs> <laughs> like we instead of making up some like oh they're clearly doing like bounty hunting or whatever and so I don't know. There's just some guy here that they've got something for. Yeah. Like, that's it, much less interesting. Yeah. It's, it, I feel like that would be justifiable if we're talking about like an episode of Clone Wars from 2009, you know? Right. But Where we're like, here guy, in 2024. Here we are. Yeah. No, I, I liked that connection. I liked that there was a, a, a reason why and how they got this information. 
I also really liked the moment where they walked in because I wasn't expecting it to be Hunter and Wrecker. No. And the fact that their armor looks fucked up. I like, love I loved that. Up. Like, just so the good. immediate, like, oh my God. Like, they look been through it. horrible. Like, and it's only been six months. It's very, like, wow, you guys aren't taking care of, you, of yourselves. Yeah. Like, the grief you're has not gotten doing to you. good. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, it's a very good way of doing that. Anyway, glad to see Roland's good. Um, I hope he's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Big up story. <laughs> bless them i wonder if they're gonna be like any kind of fixture in this or they just wanted to like what if they're like the new hondo (laughs) Eh, they seem like a well his mom seems like a less fun hondo but roland could be yeah um yeah anyway um we also get to see some cool like teenage clones in this episode yes uh, which was very fun and unexpected for me yeah absolutely i don't did you say they were in the trailer or no i think i saw i didn't really watch any of the clips or i don't pay attention that's fair I, I think I saw like a screen cap or something yeah. and I am I did not know who they were. I was like, who are these weird <laughs> yeah. little boys? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a pleasant surprise that they were like adolescent clones. We've never seen adolescent clones before, yeah. And the fact that like it's the same voice actor from Clone Wars who voiced Boba, Boba. and the young and the young clone and cadets. The youngins, yeah. Uh the babies. They were um, like, we have to give Deep Bradley Baker a break here. Yeah, we got to get that little guy in here. Yeah. I don't know who he is. Sorry, um, <laughs> I don't know your your name, sir. Uh, it was it was good though. I feel like it was like a creature of the week episode again, but like it had a. I keep using the word justification. You don't have to justify things, uh, yeah, but like. I mean- I wouldn't necessarily call it a creature of the week, but I like that we do get we get that um, flavor. I feel like in in just in the first two episodes, we get a lot of different sources of conflict, which is always good to break up the monotony. Like we have internal conflict, we have the external conflict between like Omega and the Empire, and then we have like this like sort of nature versus man situation. Yeah, able to break it up a little bit. That's always good. Yeah. No, I was. I feel like this. These the set of episodes was interesting because I think like overall it was like like the ones on Mount Tantis were like definitely a little bit like the first episode was definitely like monotonous and slow and it felt like purposefully so mm-hmm. I feel like the second one was kind of like a, a kind of a, a mix where we had some like slower gentler parts like I think when they're on the ship and they're kind of like you know we have an exchange between like Wrecker and Hunter being mm-hmm. like we lost so much and like we have mm-hmm. you know a, a, a close-up of you know text broken goggles and all this stuff yeah. and just like you kind of get to realize like how alone they are they have conversations with these clone boys about like you know how they were left behind and we kind of get like mm-hmm. the reoccurrence of like that kind of theme but i then we also have like crazy monster fight smackdown time like i think <laughs> it was a nice yeah and I and I like that we are pushing our main plot line, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the issue with some of the bottle episodes in the second season, where mm-hmm. it's like, ah, we had like a fun monster, but like, why was this episode here? It didn't really matter. Yeah. But um, I like that it kind of split the difference, and mm-hmm. it felt like a good. I don't know. All of these felt paced well, in my opinion. Paced great. I I like the subject matter of the second episode here. I I just it's an interesting concept, like these clones were like they escaped another orbital bombardment and they were left specifically they were left by other clones who were quote-unquote just following orders so and i also really like that they're i like the sort of moral not moral breakdown in that like it's being broken down but like the between the one that goes with hunter Mm. and um and wrecker versus the other two who are like one of them clearly is just like let's get out of here it doesn't matter like uh and the and the the leader, uh, what is his name? Maul? Mox? Mox. <laughs> One of them is named Mox. One of them- Maul I... is the tiefling child from Baldur's Gate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never Mal-Well. mind. 
Uh, one of them is named like it was one of them named Deke or something. Yeah, I think so. And then there is like Stack Snack. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at researching before we actually yeah, talk about these. Yeah, it's like no. open Anyways. on the page I'm looking at. It's I fine. like the internal conflict between or that the that mock seemed to have about like again survival versus like doing the good thing. Yeah. Um, and I like. I mean, I think in the end, obviously, I knew that they were gonna. Yeah, <laughs> they were gonna help them because yeah. like they're not gonna like have their shit be stolen again probably that'd but, be so funny um, i i think specifically i really like that when mox and the other one slap snack stab <laughs> <laughs> go back to yeah. the marauder uh-huh. they're looking around and the other one is like you know let's just get the fuck out of here and i like that mox is looking around and he sees specifically like omega's bunk and lula and, and lula and just being like having a moment of like obvious like internal thought of like are we really gonna make the decision to leave someone else behind yeah are we gonna continue that cycle of like betrayal and our brothers right and our brothers like we were left behind who already offered to help us yeah you know so i feel like i really liked that moment and i thought that was a good thing of like okay like we're really we're really kind of bringing back the plot line from the first season of like the thought of being left behind Mm -hmm. and like being able to kind of like redeem that and being like with all of our characters like we're going after people like we're not gonna just like let them go yeah it feels like we've made these decisions like it's less of like i don't know what to do and like this is a moral dilemma for me and it's more like we're we're like there's decisions to be made we're making them and we're doing it yeah um i think season two was a lot more like "Mm, i don't know what is correct what is the right thing to do for us what is you know all this and i think that the the time for the contemplation is over yeah now we're now we're doing yeah i love kind of when it comes to three act structures which like obviously this is a three act structure like three seasons mm-hmm. i mean any amount of seasons but like three seasons is a three act structure within those seasons are three act structures yeah but like yeah i like that it's like like doubting and like contemplating like through like an act one and an act mm-hmm. two and then act three is always like all right fuck we're gonna do it we know what we have to do it's like you and then you eventually get to like a victory lap right Mm -hmm. and i just i really like that push i mean it's why the structure works but yeah i've also been researching like the seven point story structure where like there's your your hook resolution at the end uh hook at the beginning and then midpoint where like basically the midpoint is when your characters are no longer being reactive to the world around Mm -hmm. them and they have just they've made a decision they're now they're being active in their participation um so i think that's also very clear yeah sort of point that that all these characters are coming to and it's kind of being reflected in the world around them yeah and i i like thinking of i mean i don't know if you agree with this but like thinking of kind of the finale of season two being like the of the whole thing the climax like it's kind of like the the point of no return like everything was kind of building i mean obviously there is some stuff in there that didn't need to be there but like it's kind of like when things get really dire mm-hmm. um and then we kind of like go over the hump and now it's like okay we are we're fucking running down a hill like towards the resolution which yeah i don't know i i feel like there's kind of always like an inevitable like speed up in that moment mm-hmm. um I, again we haven't seen we've only seen three episodes of this season so like obviously i don't know how the pacing is but it is interesting that it definitely doesn't feel like we're doubting anymore or trying to figure stuff out anymore we're yeah. just we're doing yeah which is always what you want to see well it's yeah again it's just like another layer of payoff for these characters yeah it's great i love it anyway anything else about episode two can i uh, quickly mention yeah as 
the person who loves monster character yeah, design. Yeah, talk about it. I fucking loved them. I like the fun. weird tentacle guys. Yeah. I like that when they go into the derelict base, which like abandoned places hold a very special place <laughs> in my heart. I just love like weird abandoned places. It had like mad kind of like dead space energy to it. It's mad dead space the sort energy. Of the video game, not just like the concept. <laughs> not the dead space. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, but I really like that they're they like it was bad already, and then we mm-hmm. kind of uh, folded it over, and it got worse yeah. when we realized that these creatures can break off, and they're like weird little leggy guys with mouths. Yeah. Like I love, they're terrifying. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, as a fan of horror, that was fun. I liked that a lot. And I, yeah, and I like that they're getting chased around. We got big tentacle monster in like the goop. Love a goop. Love a goop. <laughs> love a goop. <laughs> that like on the way out it gets even like it just keeps getting worse which yeah. i think is like what you kind of want in those situations is it does have to go from bad to worse to worse and then obviously like kind mm-hmm. of the resolution of the episode i fucking love that it was like a weird like goo sarlacc like it yeah. just like with the the rings of teeth and i loved the reveal of like the it coming up or the water coming down and so it was good. just like teeth and then yeah. there's some great shots there where they're like hanging yeah it was great episode Episode two has some pretty killer shots. It does. And just like, yeah. I love, I love the video game mechanic of like, throw a grenade in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the like, we need more firepower. Yeah. And love shoving all of them in there. And then oh, the, fucking, the last grenade, the, the last like, grenade. live one that they threw in there. It was so good. I love that it does the like, ding, ding, ding. Like it like bonks around yeah. like it's pinball and then it rolls down in there. Like That, that was, was so, so good. good. That was like an unnecessarily great detail. Yeah. I think it just makes it like more fun really. And it kind of <laughs> gave you the impression because like the previous one we didn't the first one that they threw in the mouth didn't do that and then this one we have a little more uh up close and personal view of and it kind of gives the idea that like oh shit is it gonna bounce out? Can I say though the the suspense in these episodes is like next level I think. All of them. All three of them. Yeah. Uh, like I was picking my fingernails the whole time and pr- pretty glued to the screen. I feel like, I mean, that's a great way to transition, continue to transition. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about episode three, but I, I definitely want to talk about the the way that they crafted suspense throughout these episodes. Like the second one was like fun. The second episode was a fun romp. It was fun. It was also incredibly sad. It was both <laughs> sad and fun, which is my favorite duo. I think duo c- compared to episode one, we got to see a little more action. Yeah. Obviously, like yeah, a, yeah. a monster. Yeah. I think it had the... I don't even know if propensity is the right word to use there. It had the uh, availability to be more fun than mm-hmm. the other the other episodes. The um, potentiality. The yeah. potential. Yeah. What is propensity? I don't know. Who, big word for Elmo. Big, um, we're learning big words. <laughs> I like that the third episode was so fucking suspenseful and tense. And like, again, I think a lot of the way that they did that was the fact that we keep going back to shots of the fucking centrifuge and the the blood vial, like getting closer and closer, which like, why does it work like that? I don't know, but it's so amazing as a device for this episode. And it was really tense. Like the fact that they're like running through the hallways. I was like very like on the edge of my seat. Like it, it was simply executed, but really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was executed in a way that, like, it doesn't really matter why it works like that. I, like, I didn't, it's not like that was a weird thing to me. It's it was not just like, like it, it took you out of it. No, it didn't. It was just like, okay, that's just the thing yeah. that they use. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, a and really I, good one. I really like, too, that, again, I mean, I've mentioned this, like, five times now, but the, the thought that in the first episode we had stuff set up so that they get paid off in the third episode, which even is, like, oh, how are they going to get out? And I'm like, well, of course they're going to end up going through the the kennels, the dog kennels, mm-hmm. because, like, we saw that. We saw how it works. And it makes sense now that we saw how that works. Like, 
I, there was a moment I really wanted this to happen. You mentioned this. I wanted them to steal Sheev's shuttle. I thought for sure they were going <laughs> to have been so it. funny. I thought maybe that Omega was going to leave without Crosshair at some point and end up <laughs> in Sheev's shuttle. Why would that happen? But, I don't know. Like, but I was I'm like, oh, it. what if it is? I, um, yeah. I think it's kind of funny as like a diverted expectation yeah like because that seems very clone wars to me mm-hmm. at that level of like haha funny that we're gonna steal someone's ship who's like really important that feels very consistent with clone wars yeah. to me. like that was a lot like lighter and yeah so i was I, gonna say where the stakes are not as serious yeah like I, wild that it's in the middle of a war but yeah um <laughs> but i like that they almost set it up too where they're like well all the shuttles are locked down except the emperors and we're like oh are they gonna steal it and they're like but we can't do that i'm like yeah okay yeah that actually that makes sense yeah yeah so they have to go about finding another way yeah out i I like that it was kind of like they almost like kind of shot you in that direction and then Mm -hmm. kind of like yeah like diverted your expectations to do something that had been set up instead of kind of a deus ex machina the last thing i want to talk about with season or episode three is i love the suspense that they built like i listen okay i'm already kind of liking hemlock a lot because he seems like so for someone who is a villain I feel like he lacks the, um, like in a good way, he lacks the, uh, like, I'm going to monologue at you and give you time to make your escape or whatever. Like, when he realizes that Crosshair and Omega are have escaped after Palpatine was like, listen, no one can find out about this place, okay? It's important that no one find <laughs> out about this. And he's just like, absolutely. I love you. Um, <laughs> after, like, after she leaves and then that guy's just like, um, they escaped. <laughs> I love that Hemlock was just like, okay, they're dead. Fucking kill them. Yeah. Like, it literally takes, like, the whole centrifuge thing to happen and then Emery to realize that they fucking need Omega's blood to for her to be like, don't kill them. Yeah. Like, that was so good. Like, because, like, it's like, obviously the villain would just be like, all right, you're, you've tested my patience. We're fucking done. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to kill you now. Especially since they've clearly crafted him as a very cruel person. Yeah. Who has no patience for people he doesn't need. I... I kind of love that, like, again, I mean, as we've talked about, I think the last season he was a little bit more of the theatrical monologuing, like, fucking typical villain. We just didn't get to see enough of him, I think, for him to be established as not that. Yeah, and so I like that we are taking time to establish that he is, like, I mean, he's like a, a, talks about like survival of the fittest kind of things where he's like, he's like that kind of guy. Yeah. And he's creepy and cruel in that way. Like this, like, well, this is like how it works in nature. So I'm just going to fucking kill you. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. He kind of has put himself at the top of the heap, which I think is great. But like, and he, he knows that. I don't know. He's really interesting now to me. He's becoming interesting to me. I just, I love that whole scene when she has to go be like, don't, don't don't kill her we need her yeah um because also i love that basically they were allowed to escape yeah i like the idea that they actually probably wouldn't have made it It, it's actually so much more interesting for them to be allowed to escape than just like oh and then they did it again like right by the skin of their teeth like which is fun but i feel like that's more of like a it suits it best when there's a lot more characters there like the whole the whole family is there basically yeah um i i really enjoy that they were just let allowed to escape i think it creates like a really interesting problem on both parties because like i I, and we talk about this a lot when it comes to like games and movies and stuff we're watching we're like creating like complicated stakes like when it comes to like kind of you've lost the battle but you can win the war like it's kind of a multifaceted like loss where Mm -hmm. like 
like hemlock in them like i really really like that the only way that they can save their stupid science project <laughs> is by letting these people who they want to desperately kill live like and in the case of crosshair they don't really even fucking need him like but because they're together he's like yeah you can't shoot that shit like down. i really like that they have to take this loss mm-hmm. ultimately so that they can not get fucking killed by sheep in the future mm-hmm. and i like that with crosshair and omega it's like they get away but not because uh, you know because the good guys are better than yeah the bad. The, because the force always you know makes yeah. it so the good some guys win which is about not that. true <laughs> like you know like some spiritual yeah bs yeah. that's like wow the good guys won hooray like and it wasn't because they were so much better in skill or anything it's like they were let to live which mm-hmm. they now kind of have the knowledge of that because those people had to back off i really want to know to i'm like dying to know if the next episode will address that because i like i feel like crosser would have noticed that yeah then, exactly yeah. where it's it's so obvious right yeah and i i it's just so good where it's like and you know now that those people are gonna fucking chase you down to the ends of the earth yeah. like it's not you're not winning you're not getting away you're just delaying the inevitable yeah essentially if we're looking at this you know pessimistically yeah but I really like that because I think that is a great trage- trajectory to go into a season. Exactly. Where it's like, okay, you've created really complicated, weird, interesting stakes where it could go anyway. Well, yeah, and the I, the uh, potentiality for conflict is still really strong, and like that's as we know what drives a story. Because like again, it's not we're not we're not starting this season off on like, oh, you evaded me. I'm the villain. I'm angry about <laughs> that. Like it's like, oh no, like I. I've got you in my pocket. Just give me some time. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's creating like a cat and mouse yes. situation. Yeah. Which is so much more interesting. It they're is. just like, wow, the bad guys, they lost and the good guys, they escaped. Yeah. It, yeah. it like, I think it, um, kind of diverts also the, a lot of what's been building in star Wars, like TV and stuff right mm-hmm. now that feels a little like it's, they're good because they're the Jedi, you know, yeah. or something like that where it's like, Oh, well, of course they're the good guys. It's like, well, like inherently how this world works mechanically is like, there's always going to be a push and pull of like good and bad. And like, yeah. you know, everything can be really complicated and multifaceted because of that. Mm-hmm. And I like that we're seeing that. And I just find it really interesting. I will say if, I mean, obviously, we learned that Omega's blood is the the key to what they need that does not allow the midichlorians to uh, disintegrate, disintegrate, degenerate. I don't know. Whatever. If she gets, if she becomes force, I was, I'm I, gonna fucking flip a table. I was wondering when we were gonna bring this up because I did really want to bring it up. Because I, I mean, I did yeah. want to share my theory that I'm feel like is probably correct <laughs> why don't we start talking about characters now instead of so we we've, can, we've covered we can the, wait. what we enjoyed about oh the... uh, one last note mm-hmm. i did also uh, the fucking centrifuge my beloved <laughs> i do really like that the um epiphany of omega they them needing omega doesn't come right when they get outside the ray shields of the kennels. no yeah it gets when they're it's, like it like i for yeah. a second there's i was like it's interesting that we're still doing this because it seems like mm-hmm. a moot point mm-hmm. because they're already out mm-hmm. but like i kind of like that it's we're we're continuing it because they're not really safe yet yeah and it's like still become it's still relevant the whole time it's relevant it never is like oh they got away we don't you know now we just have this information and can't do anything about it mm-hmm. they it, it is like a, a plot line mm-hmm. an interesting way to tie things yeah. together anyway that's the last thing i had to say about really that yeah let's talk about characters now so um what was i saying about omega what were you saying about omega oh meagle <laughs> it does sound like sometimes they will say omegle i just like i think some of them are more kiwi than others is every the same actor as okay so it's just they found two extremely kiwi yes individuals or people who could do kiwi accents oh my god i don't know if they're good or bad and when emery says omega 
and she says omega yeah it's really it's a very high the the vowels become a very high sound yeah it's wild every time to um me. i guess we could just talk about omega because i don't remember what i was saying previously i mean wh- i don't even remember what you were saying previously it's a mo- oh 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 midi chlorians oh yeah a jedi bullshit i I better not i better not hear about yeah about omega fucking becoming force sensitive because i'm done with that shit yeah again i love star wars (laughs) i love star wars with my whole heart it was a creative awakening for me as a child but yeah i i I mean i think the jedi are really interesting like obviously they're like a big cornerstone in star wars but this whole this whole series uh of bad batch uh, besides like one episode we have been jedi-less and I think that has done so much for, like, these characters because there's not this, like, deus ex machina force power bullshit to, like, rely on. It, 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 I feel like we... And also, like, we're, we're getting the idea that, like, there's good there's good that exists outside the Jedi. And, like, the, they're not the only hope. And it's, like, you, you and your fellow man can be just good people yeah. without this higher power of whatever being your backbone. Yeah. Yeah. I also just... Again, it's a huge... For how intricate and detailed and, like, clean these episodes are as far as, like, plot conveniences and um, nothing feels forced, I would be really upset to see something like someone being forced and or becoming force sensitive being a deus ex machina in that, that, like, that's what saves them. Yeah. Because it's so... It, it's just, number one, it's been done so many times. And number two, it's, it's just so cheap. Like, I don't feel like anyone learns anything through it. Yeah, you just, like, discover you have magical powers and then you're, like op essentially yeah like, be you like, don't yeah. you can just push people off cliffs or whatever yeah, like, you just like find a gun in your pocket like <laughs> that's what it is like it's like if you magically found out you were really good at knife throwing and then... <laughs> it's like you took a pill and you could just like kill people with your brain so like nothing fucking matters yeah it, it essentially negates a lot of the stakes that are happening because you just like introduce like a, a crazy yeah like uno reverse trump card where like everyone yeah. just gets to like then you just have like some fucking overpowered bullshit yeah is also like i mean obviously the big theme between like jedi and sith is very like balance right which i think is an, a really interesting theme and i think it, it, it fits the movies really well but this that has not really been a theme in this show a heavier hitting theme has been the power of choice and hope and destiny and fate um which i guess our destiny and fate could be loosely tied into that but less of um because it's dealing with clones it's like more so like how am i but how are you gonna buck that how are you gonna basically like find a new meaning beyond being your whole meaning as soldiers right which is obviously like again we talked about them deciding but the conversation that they have with the uh, adolescent uh clones basically like well how are we going to be soldiers like on this place that you want to bring us to and they're like well you you can decide what you want to do with your life yeah be something other than a soldier yeah you don't have to be that way like i I, they've decided there yeah Yeah. (laughs) they know i like to just like the concept of i mean essentially the the jedi are a religious order Mm -hmm. and i mean to me it feels a little silly to put your religious orders teachings on like everyone which i don't think that they are but no a lot of the stories that are crafted exactly do that i think that's kind of more of like we're kind of playing into this thing as though it's not just a religious order it's like i mean it is kind of a mechanic of the universe but it's like but there are people outside of that exactly and like i think again well, and it's been stated before that like the force is 
maybe not available but like in all things so yeah. like there's Connect there's that ex- aspect that like you don't necessarily need the jedi to touch on those themes and you don't need it to be a deus ex machina like it usually is yeah i i guess like it's just kind of like to your point like i like that this show obviously like the whole thing is about fucking clones like i like that they're like okay they're inspired by the jedi in a way like not themes wise but like they were physically like actually like in they saw yeah. the way that they worked they were inspired by like their mm-hmm. goodness let's say mm-hmm. they like understand how their beliefs and how they work and whatever but like i kind of like that the clones themselves are people outside of that especially yeah. now right because mm-hmm. like the war that part of the war is over mm-hmm. and they and yeah the whole thing is about making the choice for themselves and they do get to choose not necessarily to pursue balance but to pursue goodness exactly like you get to do something even better than just Wholeness, being like unity yeah like you get to push for a better world right over and above because you don't have to be concerned about like being too emotional or something yeah like i <laughs> i like that we kind of like get characters that get to supersede that yeah and i think that's really cool and i really hope that they don't fucking yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna find them uh i just i hate i hate when people are randomly jedi because it, no it undercuts sense. so much yeah it does anyway but all that to say like i think currently in my current theories what's happening with this like project and omega and stuff like i'm hopeful that that won't happen yeah um one of our cats is <laughs> crawling he's out army of crawling his... out of the bed and then just stuff so it's like long legs are still it's so long. I didn't realize he could get that way. <laughs> Detroit become long. Um, oh, oh my god. Right. Okay. Um, but anything else to say about Omega? Omega specifically, I think we've kind of covered it. I I like that she still has kind of in the way that crosshair retains his crosshairness but does change. I like that throughout this whole sort of like uh, incarceration, Omega retains her omega-ness. Like she's definitely like more gung-ho at the beginning and then the time jump happens and she's a little bit more like understands the system that she has to play into like you know mm-hmm. when emery comes she's like good morning you know she's greeting her and being a little bit more pleasant mm-hmm. but but i like that she's still retaining her omega-ness and yeah. the stuff that she's learned and she's like she's never gonna not be a bachelor yeah which i really like yeah um she's just a lovely she's so sweet lovely I mean, little lady <laughs> yeah she's really the heart uh of it all um in, in that like y- you you i mean you, your audience is supposed to like her she's a very yeah. likable person um yeah she's she's really the hope and the yeah and the heart there yeah and she doesn't lose that do we want to talk about crosshair since he's in proximity do we think we've talked about him enough i mean i like you said about omega i mean i like that he is kind of uh he's also on a journey but he hasn't really like changed the way that he is normally um i don't know i'm excited i feel like we didn't get a lot of him in season two and i'm excited to see now that he's like you know kind of done with the empire like what what that looks like for him yeah i'm i'm actually now that we're talking about it really fucking excited to have some like dedicated crosshair omega time because i feel like we've now uh gotten into the trope of like little sunshine super grumpy yeah like i love that especially that he's like older and like kind of you know like her older brother Mm -hmm. uh who's real grouchy oh let's talk about um what's up with his hand and like oh yeah so you've posited that it's like a neurological thing yeah um i pointed out a similarity between 
his hand and then um hemlock has one gloved hand that he will rub sometimes or like hold like it's hurting him i don't know if that's a similar thing like are they also testing hemlock like does it come from the testing of like drawing blood or is it a neurological thing are those things related or is that just a weird like quirk that hemlock has yeah i wanted to talk about this too because i think it's interesting and i think going forward i hope we have some conversations about this because it plays into the end of the third episode right where crosshair is sneaking up on these guys they are like fake him out the soldiers and he misses a shot yeah. right which like he fucking never misses never shots misses. we've like almost never seen him do that because like you know intentionally he could do that but not, yeah, unintentionally, but not unintentionally right yeah. and you can see that it like it hurts him almost yeah. and he's like hurt not hurt by it physically but he's like oh my god like like essentially it's, i can't shoot anymore it's the loss of an ability that yeah. you used to rely on and used to have yeah which i think is i originally because the first time we see it he's sitting in his cell and omega is talking mm-hmm. to him we get a, get a little bit of a close-up and i feel like originally i was like well maybe he has like some essentially like ptsd like something yeah like a mental stuff going on where he's like just kind of nervous or he's like malnourished or something like yeah. that but it is like kind of persistent mm-hmm. and like it becomes a thing and i'm like i wonder if it is some sort of like they they fucked him up somehow like yeah. neurological thing yeah but i'm interested to see how that plays out like really really deeply <sighs> interested i'm very excited about crosshair's character development for the rest of the season um yeah i just feel like because he's also he's also like he was the one that was so committed to their identity and yeah. committed to like this is what we do i shoot things really good you're really strong you're really smart like <laughs> this is what we do yeah i you know, and now it's like not only has he lost the sense of belonging uh, and purpose that came with being a part of the Empire, uh, but now he's losing presumably his ability to to do what he does. Yeah. Like he's losing his value, right? Like I think yeah. he might still see it that I, way. I'm really interested in having a plot line like this. The thought of like someone losing the ability to do something and whether or not it's, it's permanent or not, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see, but like... The thought of I felt like I had a purpose and a place because I could do this thing and now I'm no longer able to do that thing feels very much like a story that could be applicable and heartening to like regular people. Yeah, I was going to say it. I I think this has the potentiality to be a really good story about disability or ableism. Yeah. yeah throwing that away (laughs) (laughs) yeah or just yeah that kind of thing i think it's another form of conflict where you have it's it's sort of like um because it's what it's like man versus man man versus nature and like what self and self yeah Yeah. it's kind of i guess i guess it would be in that category of self where like you're having to reckon with something inside you you, um which is really interesting and not that like i mean we've seen that sort of same journey with crosshair in that like but it was a moral one yeah now he's kind of having to deal with this like physical issues and the fallout of of i i like too that he's finally at a point where he's like trying to make more moral decisions be less selfish and he's like he's still physically deteriorating like he's not doing well well that's the other because i feel like a lot of the times it's like oh if you if you just make good decisions you're a good person like your life will be good and you know that kind of like prosperity angle um where it's like it's still important it's very red dead it's very like (laughs) it's still important to make good choices like that's not going to save you necessarily from like pain and suffering like you're still going to have to deal with that but it's about the impact that you have on the world yeah which previously i mean the beginning of this episode or this season he's like i don't care i'm done i don't need an impact i just leave me alone yeah I, I, and I think at some point you had guessed that like maybe he's like degrading. Like what if he's dying? Like that's also, yeah, that also crossed my mind. Of, yeah. Like, 
that's also another it sort crossed of... your mind <laughs> yes uh <laughs> cross hair to my mind there you go <laughs> yeah that's crosshair <laughs> oh my god um, i i yeah oh I'm, yes that would be another uh point in the conflict column of like man versus nature a little bit um i mean we can't fight death right yeah that would be interesting um parallel between like sheev wanting to be immortal and then you having this character who like necessarily didn't want to be not necessarily wanted to be immortal but like is kind of being cut short if yeah. that's the case if he is sort of degrading and man that would be sad as fuck oh i'd be, be so into sad. it um no that, i mean yeah it's very red dead but that's a really good story yeah and i it also feels like and we talked about this in the last season too a lot where it comes to like you kind of need different types of conflict and i think that was a little lacking in some of the episodes but i think like a lot of what we are lacking is like that cascading to to me cascading level of conflicts where it's like yes. against each other against nature something we can't fight and then against yourself and yeah. i feel like turning it inwards and understanding that like i mean you know you kind of do have struggles against yourself and like your own mind essentially yeah. like i feel like that creates like a really like whole version of these characters and i would mm-hmm. like that to continue yeah it's so good they're really well crafted characters yeah. and I'm, I'm extremely ex- especially excited for crosshairs character this season i have it has the potential to be really sad but really he good seems like he is and i've said this before a tableau of sadness yeah. just <laughs> a whole bouquet of sad stuff <laughs> yeah um all uh, right hunter wrecker which is interesting because we don't have a lot of them yeah i mean we only saw them for one episode out of the three um i i think that they had a i i really liked seeing them in this moment when they escape the big squid vine maw and like uh, you know take the adolescence with them and like hunter is kind of watching wrecker you know like enjoy a victory with these like these young younger boys and their their brothers i feel like they i feel like it kind of highlighted the sadness of them not not having the rest of their family with them that was good i, I feel like we didn't really get that much like development um obviously it's been one episode so yeah no i actually kind of like that we didn't have to focus on <laughs> are you talking about the cat bruce, is, bruce is sitting just exactly on top of her he doesn't seem like he's loving it um but anyway so we can you know uh, uh clip through the rest of this but i i kind of like that we didn't focus on hunter and wrecker all that much i feel like we've had so much time with hunter we have, so yeah. i just am I'm glad that we let them just kind of be sad in a simple upfront way i think you can definitely feel the like well it's just us yeah it feels yeah. very sad and i it like is. that they're kind of like i mean i've talked about this before they're kind of left to shoulder the burden of grief exactly, yeah um but i appreciate that we're not spending excess amounts of time mm-hmm. dealing with that at the moment mm-hmm. it, di- it just doesn't feel like necessary it like, didn't yes, we're fit sad. in the episode yeah. yeah um okay i mean like do we want to talk about emery at all i'm also intrigued by her character yeah i um, I think we got that little glimmer of hope in the in the back half of season or the episode first episode where she gives the um, doll back to yeah the end of the first episode I think she gives the doll back to him that was very sweet I feel like that was very uh 
telling of where she's at. Yeah, my thought is that she might flip at some point yeah. or do or do something, you know, self-sacrificial, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think that her realizing essentially that she's being kind of cruel to Omega, that Omega is just a child and like yeah. giving her her doll back, it, it makes sense. That's yeah. like consistent with what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I like the conversation they had too where she's just like I never thought I would like have a sister. I never thought I did. Um you can kind of see in her eyes that she's like, oh, like you think of me as a sister. Like yeah. that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if essentially like Omega, her whole steez this entire show is just like she kind of like creates goodness wherever she goes, and yeah. that sort of like uh, ripples into like everything yeah. around her and like the people I and stuff. I think that's been incredibly consistent with yeah. the way she's been in the yeah. last two seasons. And so. I'd be like, man, you're gonna you're gonna flip a bad guy essentially, especially yeah. one like Emery who is interesting to me because she's like, well, I only need to know what I need to know, and I'm not gonna question anything. Like yeah. she's very like in the system, and she does think that Hemlock saved her. Like she does, yeah, say that at some point where she's like, well, he gave me like a better purpose. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. You have some like. It's fucked up shit happening in your yeah. past or whatever. It's really interesting having these characters be like, my purpose is war and be soldier. And then they're like, what is my purpose? And they kind of find it or like discover it for themselves. And now they're able to kind of maybe walk through that same idea with other characters. I, I Like impact the world around them now that they've learned yeah. what they've learned. Yeah. I think that is a nice way to like kind of end things, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, okay. Do we want to talk about Hemlock anymore? We kind of really got got him yeah i'm excited to see um what he's up to for the rest of the yeah <laughs> what he's season he's a really interesting villain um yeah we really we kind of hit yeah hit we talked about him a lot there, we'll yeah. see more i'm sure yeah um i also just wanted to make a quick visual note mm-hmm. that like i think these episodes really really fucking pop off with the visuals uh good, man the the way that the prison like mount tantis is all like very mid-tone grays and it's literally there's literally almost no color except mm-hmm. for like emery's glasses are red some people have brown hair but omega is kind of like legitimately the bright spot like she's got this very like light blonde hair yeah. and she's kind of like obviously got this spirit about her like i like that that was like it's so fucking boring to look at yeah. and monotonous and shitty and i like that they obviously use the visuals to um display not display uh help that out yeah um, yeah <laughs> but uh, i also really liked obviously that we have um character model updates obviously omega i believe that the batch armor also has been yeah like updated it looks shittier it looks now. shittier i love that <laughs> love how shitty it looks yeah um but yeah no i'm interested to see i mean like even like echo and rex and stuff whenever we get there do we want to do we want to talk about themes do you have any thoughts on themes um we're, we're pretty early days so pretty early days i mean like obviously there's like the consistent like good versus evil um yeah i think i think omega and hope are just such intertwinable intertwined things and but again we we've talked about this before with omega's character but like she isn't just an idea like they she is a very well fleshed out character and like i think just due to her being a child is like kind of this like idealist like she hasn't been able to, like she's seen shit but like she's still like she's been shown love and support so like she's not it's not that just like oh she's a child so like clearly she's like you know kind of uh naive and of course she's an idealist like i think be, i think it's been well 
done that she's been shown this support and things so she yeah. she has something to believe in I, um and she's going to be continue to be that source of, of reminders for the rest of the crew that like we can make it better it'll be okay yeah i like that even too in in one of these episodes right where uh hemlock comes up to her and is like oh you know he says like the you know idealism of a child right yeah. when she's like well you know this dog deserves a chance to like live even if even if you think it's like you know yeah. the opposite of survival of the fittest right mm-hmm. but I, I like that she has like she is so hopeful and idealistic but again not in a way that's like naive or played off it's like oh you silly child like yeah we're seeing that obviously as hemlock manipulating her mm-hmm. and like her being able to like stand her ground and be like yeah. no essentially you're a fucking asshole for yeah. thinking that like sh- everyone deserves a chance is like such a good i mean again it's like kind of bringing back like the vibes of the first season where it's like we deserve chance and like to be able to have the choice to figure out what we want to do with our lives like everyone yeah. deserves like a you know the chance to grow essentially mm-hmm. i've just it's she's great <laughs> it's a good it's a good theme it's a good character yeah i think the power of choice very very much so i mean like we already see it in the second episode with um the adolescent um the clones, boys the boys <laughs> yeah i'm sorry forgotting forgotting Forgot- wow <laughs> forgetting their name i don't think we ever knew them so <laughs> can't forget something you never, never knew. knew yeah <laughs> uh yeah can i so Mm -hmm. i mean we're sort of transitioning to Mm -hmm. the end of this episode can i really quickly say Mm -hmm. my my theory yeah going forward yeah Uh, i mean so project necromancer right like oh yeah for that yeah so like i we know i mean this is kind of a spoiler so like i guess close your ears if you don't want to hear this for the next five seconds we know that ventress is in this season well we saw her in the trailer if you so. don't watch trailers you wouldn't know that well okay but we're also a podcast it's public so knowledge it is public knowledge so my theory right is fingers crossed omega is not force sensitive and they're using yes. her like special clone blood which i would describe as like like maybe it's like stem cells right where yeah. it's like it can it can just grow whatever it's like essentially non-programmed cells yeah um to use to boost right those like midi chlorian cells mm-hmm. i'm assuming what they have locked up behind 800 right. ray shields is ventris yeah also let's talk about they said specimens yeah plural 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 we, okay we've seen ventris in the trailer so there's a good bet that that might be well she might be one of them yeah who is this other one Terra sanube have- <laughs> <laughs> it's Terra sanube and jacosta new and all of the elderly jedi who they yeah asajj ventris is having a great time hanging out with fucking oldies. grandpa yeah <laughs> Teresa Nube's like, did I ever tell you about when I found a Padawan's lightsaber <laughs> from criminals? He She's like, like, I don't fucking care. In the Coruscant underworld. It's like, Grandpa. Ventress is like, kill me now, please. She's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I, I'm assuming that's who they're getting the like M count blood from. Yeah. Um, or or like another Jedi, but I'm assuming it's her. Um, and then I'm yeah. assuming it's a maybe one or two Jedi or force sensitive people. people yeah yeah so and then they're adding that plus omega's blood to other blood samples they've taken from clones and shit i think is what's happening well what we've seen is that they're adding the um force sensitive blood yeah to these samples to see if it will degrade the yeah, yeah. midichlorians or not so i don't it's not omega's blood also i think well they it's they added it to her blood and it didn't degrade yeah, but it's just that she they added the force sensitive blood yeah. to her blood. Yeah. I so my hope is that she it's not that they're either gonna make her force sensitive or she is force sensitive. It's the thought that she just has like really good special DNA that's yeah. like universal donor DNA essentially. Yeah, basically. But the, it's interesting that it's Project Necromancer, right? So it's like So like are they bringing who are they bringing who are they back, back from the dead? From the dead. Or are they just doing it with Sheev? It might be a Sheev thing. I don't know. He's dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, he did get mega electrocuted. Um, Not yet. Yeah, yet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's how sorry. he looks like a raisin. I forgot. <laughs> I think who? Oh, you it know what happens? What? He force lightnings and then Mace Windu with his lightsaber mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like throws it on back and then Mace gets thrown out a window as we know. Oh, yeah. Um, aren't they like, sheep looks like this because of the yes, Jedi. Yes, he, he was like, I was up. horribly disfigured by Jedi. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I was like, That's okay. literally in the pilot of Bad Match. I totally forgot about that. Uh, well, because the speech that he's giving is the one that's in Revenge of the Sith. That's oh, why. Is it? Yeah, okay. Um, you, can you tell I don't watch that movie very often? I really like that movie. It's good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see where that goes going forward. I'm like, at this point, with my theory, just like tiptoeing around the thought that Omega is force sensitive, I really hope she's not. Um, like, they they wouldn't do us like that, I don't think. I hope not, Brad. I could be wrong. Brad but. And Jennifer. But also, I, th- I, I like how they've given us some of the information, but just enough to theorize, not enough to actually make conclusions, which is like obviously I mean, a you know, good way spot. to start the season. <laughs> but I just feel like sometimes, like in the last season, they gave us in full, well, they gave us almost no information and then pretended and like us- it was information. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Not to be aggressive about it. But yeah, I'm interested to see and I'm I'm excited by what this is and not just like Omega is force sensitive. She's a special girl. Yeah. Well, we already know she's special. But like, she but doesn't like, need to be. She extra doesn't need special. to be extra special. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. Anyway, the yeah. point is she's just like us. Um. <laughs> any extra thoughts? Do you? What, what do you want to see next week? I want. I, I want individual. I want more apps. Omega and Crosshair. I'm yeah. really interested in Crosshair. Um. Really interested to see uh, where Echo's at. Yeah. Same. I want to see my boy. Excited to see a reunion, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm also interested, but I'm not really wanting to see Sid and Fee, but like I am interested to see maybe where they're at eventually. I want to see like what, at least with Sid, the like fallout of that. Like I want to see them maybe mention her or like talk about that. Because she just got money, right? From the Empire. Maybe. I mean, maybe she comes back, you know. Maybe she doesn't have a shitty bar anymore. She she loses her bar. (laughs) She upgraded oh. to a better bar, is what I was We went opposite directions. <laughs> she lost her bar again. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I'm excited. I think I'm mostly excited for seeing where yeah. Crosshair's character goes, because that's, that's that we set up a lot of interesting things about him. Yes, we did. So, And then, I don't know, maybe Tech will crop back up. I'm I don't sure think he's dead. he will. Maybe he is. I, I don't mean, know. Oh, that's the other thing. For like two seconds, we saw some special soldier guy with a helmet on. Who was that? I don't know. But I'm like, is it Deck? I don't know. But like, I don't know. He doesn't need glasses anymore. They give him LASIK. <laughs> when they were like going downstairs to like see the specimens or whatever, I was like, is one of them Tech? And I'm like, that's stupid. Why would one of them be Tech? Oh, one of the specimens? Yeah. That would be dumb. Unless he's forcing <laughs> imagine our nerd he just shows he's up and he's got a lightsaber and he's just like i'm a jedi now and they're, they're like, like what okay. <laughs> this is a fever dream they said mm, i think you're unwell they said no i think i'd rather you be dead <laughs> they said we don't think you should use that this isn't thematically consistent, consistent. <laughs> they they look at the camera and say why did you do this to us <laughs> no i was for a second i was like uh, and then i was like no, no. that's stupid yeah that, so that we're gonna be. see with that where that comes up because yeah. he can't fucking We've talked about this so much, but he can't fucking be dead. And this isn't like me denying it because I'm like a big tech girly or anything. I think he's I mean, I am, but but like I still don't, I don't know. I think his death was a little shock value-y and like, I mean, it's still potential. There's still potential for that to be like, it is true that he just died, but I don't know. It just didn't hit. No. And again, we we were talking about this earlier, but we both think that it would have been more tragic and done the same thing of like, you know, making the batch feel like a huge loss if it had been Echo instead. Yeah. 
because of the nature of tragedy being like something that you you really couldn't help and like yeah i don't know tech was not always known to be the most selfless person um and also i feel like they've gotten out of scrapes before um but with echo it was just like i mean he's obviously very committed to the ideal of being a soldier and it's like it's hardest for him to let go of that role and instead he sort of just transitioned it to like now i'm fighting for like the good of the galaxy and for my brothers and like if he had been the one to die like basically being like well you're you all are my brothers even though i was you know volunteering with rex and stuff like you are the same to me as the regs and like yeah you know i i fight just as much for you as for them and you know this me still means something yeah like having a moment where like and i was we were talking about this earlier obviously um but like where they could have last words like if it was echo that like fucking fell or whatever where he's like on his deathbed or whatever and gets and gets to be like i'll i'll always be a bachelor or like some really horrendously sad but so <laughs> yeah. fucking good makes me cry I'm gonna go happy see fives sad now, i'm gonna like, like yeah. i finally get to be with fives again or like my brothers again but yeah. like you i will always be a bachelor yeah. is like it really fucking hits and yeah. again like you have this huge loss of like this is someone who could have done good for the whole galaxy exactly not to shit on tech but he wasn't no, exactly but, like, altruistic the idea and also but like he was with the batch so whatever the batch is going to decide yeah. to do which was basically like whatever hunter decides to do <laughs> they're gonna do yeah um and like hunter was leaning more towards like hey w- why don't we take some time for ourselves and just like live and enjoy life right now because we've not really got to do that which was like i i, I really liked that um but again yeah it's not it's it just it, w- it would have hit harder with it with echo if different. you it was true death <laughs> you know what it would have been so good to you fucking love this shit if his hand had a little bit of like schmutz or whatever on it and he was able to like bap someone's oh, chest yeah. piece like rex did for him when is that gonna fucking come back Paying i want it that forward i want it back <laughs> the dirt hand i want that yeah i want that good. so bad um, very good i don't want him to die but like no that, that but that would have been that would have hit like a lot of marks as it stands yeah. right where like that also has its own issues and like that's the thing is like i'm sure echo will be important in this season yeah it's just like if we're talking about the like text death having sort of like a sadness of validity when the it comes point to tragedy, of it being really tragic and like a heavy loss i feel like it would have been yeah t- better t- for echo to have been the one to me it it really just feels like who's the person that has the least amount of speaking lines <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, um let's give him a girlfriend for one moment and then kill God, him don't even get me started on that yeah shit we again. won't we don't have time we're already so long into this episode <laughs> we gotta stop but anyway um, so yeah. hopefully we'll see something about that going forward yeah i forgot about that one guy that we saw that we were like who that and they were like and anyway, we're not gonna say anything it was a about weird one lingering shot. It was lingering, and this we learned from this show. Lingering shots are important. They are. Um also I really like I mean the animation is great, but like there's a lot of like sweet like yes. when Wrecker puts his hand on Hunter, yeah. I'm like boys. Aww. Aww. Um it's just sweet. I love it. I live for it. It's the yeah. only thing I want to do in my day is look at the sweet boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Very it it just the payoff's really wonderful. Anyway. Anyway, I think that's it. That's it. Uh, well, that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening and and having us back for another <laughs> season. Uh, like before, we will be publishing episodes every Monday. So join us next time for episode four, the name of which I don't oh, have I in don't front even. of me. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe I can pull it up. Episode four is a different approach. Okay. Join us next time for episode four, a different approach. Um, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also on Instagram. And this time, Tumblr. 
because instead we instead of Twitter. the horrible <laughs> Elon Musk hell site known as Twitter. Yeah. Um, the handle for that is as always the Batch Pod. Uh, so if you like story and you like Star Wars, then tune in for the next episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Batch. Bye. Bye.